Well, ooh. good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. I haven't been anywhere as spiritual as on a mission trip. And uh, that's in a game of spiritual top, trump, top trumps, those guys have just won, okay? Because I've just been on holiday and uh, had a lovely time. But it doesn't compare with being on a, a wonderful trip like that and being able to be part of something so exciting and amazing. How, how brilliant that was. And uh, to hear of Ellie leaving husband and two behind and to, to see the quiver in her bottom lip as she's sharing, it meant something to go, didn't it? And it was, like it was painful. But yet when we go and we trust God, he honors and he blesses and he provides. And uh, I'm glad Luis survived as well and uh, probably got some husband points for that, um, looking after the kids for 10 days or so. Well, we've been looking at a series um, over the last few weeks called Real Wisdom for Real Life, and it's been based on the book of Ecclesiastes. And you might think, why base anything on the book of Ecclesiastes? Because it's really miserable. And uh, hopefully, well, I've been listening into the talks uh, for the last two weeks I was away, but the, the people have managed to bring something good out of the book of Ecclesiastes. But there's a point to this, because it's written by someone described as the teacher of wisdom. And uh, as they're writing the book of Ecclesiastes, they're writing uh, about life-changing wisdom that lasts forever, rather than just the things that we notice that are fleeting that happens through life. And uh, I actually want to talk about a topic I don't think I've ever spoken about before, which is happiness. And I don't know why I've never spoken about it before. Maybe it's just because I'm miserable. But um, actually, I want to talk about happiness today because this miserable book, or what appears at first to be a miserable book, has some wonderful keys to happiness in it. And I want to share those with you today. Is that all right? No. Yeah, good. That's what I'm going to anyway. So... Uh, just a clue, when you're reading through Ecclesiastes, it talks a lot about life being meaningless. And it doesn't mean pointless. When we often talk about things being meaningless, we mean they have no meaning. Uh, but the word the teacher here is using when he's talking about life being meaningless is that it's short. It's like a vapor. Uh, so it disappears before you can grasp it. It doesn't last for a long time. And so it's not that life has no meaning. It's just that it, it's transitory. It's it's passing by. It's not substantial. And so he's looking all the way through this book for things that will last. What will remain? What can we trust? What can we rely on? What can we depend on? And that's what we're going to look at today. So, uh, happiness. A few quotes which aren't from the Bible, uh, just to get us started. Somebody who's unknown, and this is, crops up quite a bit, this quote. I want to live my life without stress and worries. I don't need to be rich or famous. I just want to be happy. Maybe you've said something similar yourself over time. Mark Twain kind of disagreed. He said, this sanity and happiness are an impossible combination. So basically you have to choose sanity or happiness. I'll let you decide which one you're going to pick, um, but you can have one or other of those. Uh, there's a third, which is from Aristotle, who said, happiness is the meaning and the purpose of life, the whole aim and end of human existence. I happen to disagree with all three of those and believe that the Bible disagrees with all three of those. And I want to show you why and show you a much better way of approaching this topic of happiness today. And we're going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 11, uh, verse 7 onwards. If you, look, if you have a Bible or an app, um, it's, just, it's difficult to find Ecclesiastes, but it's after Psalms and after Proverbs, and then you get to Ecclesiastes. If you get to Song of Songs, that's a different book altogether. And uh, that's the next one on. So there we go. 
Ecclesiastes says this, Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy, but remember that youth with a whole lifetime before you is meaningless. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old. I want to just tell you today, God is not against happiness. He created it. He wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to enjoy his presence, to, to enjoy him, to enjoy all that life has to offer as we honor him, as we do so. And I've got a series of four questions for us today that I think come from this passage and will help us to get into this, this mindset of what it means to be happy, but also how we live a life which we're enjoying. Question number one, did you notice the dawn? Now, there's four people who did, because uh, they were up, as I was, before the dawn this morning, and uh, you were up a little bit before me, because I certainly wasn't up at three o'clock. Um, but that's, you, did you notice the dawn? This, this passage starts, light is sweet, how pleasant to see a new day dawning. There is something wonderful about dawn. I don't know if there's any ladies here called dawn, so I don't think I'm speaking to one person in particular, which is good. But the dawning of the day, the sun uh, emerging over the horizon as it begins to, to come up and you see that the, the world becoming light again. It's incredible. That, that sensation of being alive and the vibrancy of a new dawn is, is amazing. Uh, if, you're, if you like photography as I do, photographers talk about a golden hour. And there's, there's a couple of points in the day when the light is particularly good for photography. And most of the time it's too shadowy, too harsh, but there's a couple of moments. And uh, I think some of my favorite pictures I've taken at dawn. Um, and I've got up and gone out. Often when I've been on holiday, got up and gone out and, and, and just gone exploring just as the sun is beginning to rise. Am I on my own with this? Is there anybody else that enjoys the dawn? There's a, okay, a few of you. The rest of you enjoy your beds. Yeah, okay. Well, bed's wonderful, but the dawn is amazing. It's great to be up in that early time. There's nobody else much around, and you get to explore God's creation. And the person who's writing this is writing at a time when the dawning of a day meant the coming into a place of safety. You've emerged through the night. The potential for robbers and attack has, has gone. You can now see the watchman can, can survey the city and can keep an eye on it properly now because at night time you never quite know what's out there. Light sweet, how pleasant to see a new day dawning. Oh, we made it through another night. We don't have quite the same uh, approach to night and day because we turn our light switch on and we expect the lights to come on and we've kind of conquered the night time in a sense. But yet there's this sense that Dawn is arriving, and I, I think it's a prophetic sense here too, as we've been hearing today. Prophetically, morning follows after night, and a new day comes. And every time there's the sun rises, it's a reminder to us that yesterday is past, it's gone. It, it's failures, it's sin, it's successes are gone, and we move into a new day ready to see what God will do today. A word for some of us. Our joys, our failures, our problems of yesterday are over because the sun rose 
And it's a good reminder, isn't it? When you see the sun rising, ah, oh, it's a new day. Yesterday's gone. And everything else that went with it is, is, is gone. And God's mercies as the day rises are new. We're reminded of several things in Scripture which speak about this new day. Quickly, it says that God's mercies are new every morning. Paul writes about our inner selves being renewed day by day. We talk about the joy coming in the morning. We, re- we read about this being the day that the Lord has made and us rejoicing and being glad in it. Do you know every time the sun comes up, it's a day when you've not made any mistakes yet? There's still time. But at that point, as the sun comes up, you've made no mistakes. It's a new day. It's the day the Lord has made. If you have had a tough day today, and we're not even lunchtime yet, but if you happen to have a tough day today, and you want to get up early tomorrow, 5.31 is dawn tomorrow. Uh, So it's not too early. 5.31, 5.31, it's not too bad, um, but that's when it'll be light. And uh, you've got a chance again to notice the dawn. So did you notice that the sun came up this morning? It's a key to getting away from this, this kind of frenetic worry that we have sometimes. Question two, have you rejoiced yet? Uh, now, we've only got two options presented to us here in this passage in Ecclesiastes. You can either be young or very old. There's nothing in between. Um, so you're going to have to take a pick today, whether you're young. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but whether you're young or very old. Uh, and it says, when people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. So if you're very old, you have to rejoice every day. Is that all right? Every day you have to rejoice. But also let them remember there'll be many dark days. Everything's still to come. It's meaningless. It's like this vapor. You can't grab hold of it. It's intangible, but yet rejoice anyway, even though there are dark days ahead. And when they arrive, you still rejoice in every day of life. That means even if it's a dark day and you're very old, you rejoice. Okay? If you're young, the encouragement's pretty similar, to be honest. So, um, but for the, for the, have you rejoiced yet is my question here. We make a choice to rejoice every day, not just in the good days, but in every day that comes. Thanksgiving and, and, and enjoyment is contagious. Some of you will have seen video clips, either on TV or online, of just people chuckling, often a little baby. And you see the kind of whole body going, and, and, and uh, it's somehow contagious. It's very difficult to watch and continue to be grumpy as you watch a little baby just chuckling and its whole body shaking. And, uh, and you might not have kids, but you might just enjoy this little pint-sized being uh, uh, enjoying life. And somehow a smile comes to your face, and you find yourself chuckling along, and you might not even know them. But somehow there's, conta- there's a contagious element to that kind of joy. I watched a, a video clip a, a long time ago with somebody on a train, and, and this guy just starts laughing. Oh, on purpose. It's a setup, but he just starts laughing, and it videos the, you kind of get people's reaction. This guy is, I think he's watching something on a, on a phone and, and, and just engaging in it, and he's laughing and laughing and laughing. And, and some, a, a little while later, you see people on the train carriage beginning to laugh too, and it's, the whole carriage is chuckling along as this guy with his headphones in is laughing away. And he, of course, knows they are, but they think they, that he's not aware of them laughing at him and with him because there's just this contagious sense of enjoyment. When we get to the end of our lives and people are remembering us, the people that get remembered the most fondly aren't always those who've had the greatest achievements. It's those who lived with joy. 
those who lived and brought joy to other people's lives and who uh, were able to, to live in that kind of contagious way where they were rejoicing every day. Life is hard. There are dark days, many of them, but still the call is to rejoice in today, even on tough days, even if today is a tough day. Remember, this is written in a time when the Jewish people, who this is written to, would have enjoyed a Sabbath rest once a week. They would have had a Sabbath, a day of resting before God, of being in God's presence intentionally, a day of no work. Uh, particularly. That was the key element of it. Uh, And yet this doesn't say uh, rejoice six days a week and have a day of being really grumpy once a week. It says rejoice in every day. Not always for every day, not for the circumstances of every day, but in every day make sure there's some rejoicing taking place. Even on those tough days. How do we do that? Well, my encouragement would be to find some light on the dark days. Remember, Light is sweet, how pleasant to see a new day dawning. And we've got here this this contrast of there being dark days. It's not a day without sun. It's a day without this sense of lightness and, oh, where's God? What's happening? And, uh, And everything seems so hard. And there are days and sometimes weeks and months that come like that. My encouragement, I believe the encouragement in this scripture is to look for what God's doing. To look for the light. To look for the sun rising again and find a reason to rejoice in what God is doing. Judith, Nat, and I have just come back from uh, Lisbon. It got hot, you may have noticed. Um, we had a lovely time, but 41 is hot. Um, that was the way it was when we were leaving. And 30 at night is also hot. Uh, that's what we were discovering, which was, was sweaty. Um, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> no other word for it, I'm afraid. Um, but this city has gone through a lot over the years, and we're reading up and discovering about an earthquake in 1755. And how the, so much of the old city was destroyed, and yet you could think, oh, what, what happened? And, and sometime before that had been plague, and like many ancient cities, lots and lots of problems, and yet an entire section of the city, probably the most prominent part, was refashioned and rebuilt. It was knocked down and, and rebuilt. Uh, as one guy who became, given the title Marquis, he was the Marquis of de Pombal, uh, in the end, org- organized uh, the city when it, at a time when it was being pillaged and people were just after the earthquake, there was food shortages and there was pillaging and all sorts of stuff going on. And he brought in order and discipline and orchestrated this whole plan for the rebuilding of a city. If that's what one man can do, what can God do in our lives? As we look around and we see the ruins and go, God, what can you do here? There's no hope left. Just hold on to hope and rejoice in the day because God can rebuild and refashion and remodel something that's greater than what was there before. The city's more beautiful and renowned for this section that's particularly well laid out and really, really nicely done because it was done after the earthquake. Question number three, what have you discovered today? What have you discovered today? Uh, The passage goes on and says, young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. Now, young people have a confusing time, I think. Because uh, when you're younger, you tend to hear people saying to you, oh, well, it wasn't like that in my day. We had it really hard. You've got it so easy these days. And then a long list comes off, particularly if you've lived up north, you know, because everybody up north went down pit and all the rest of it and from, from six years old. And it's not true. It's not true. But there are comedy sketches that play on that. 
Um, uh, but you've, you kind of, we want to let young people know that they don't know they're born and how difficult it was when we were born. And you know, you know what it's like, all the stories about how tough life was and how we grafted and people grafted and kind of all that sort of stuff. And, and at the same time as all that's going on, that next bit of the conversation flips around, oh, well, I wouldn't want to be young again. I wouldn't want to, go, wouldn't want to be, have, have to face what these young people have to face. You're like, guys, make up your mind. Either it was harder or easier, one or the other, but, but which one's it going to be? Uh, but the writer here is saying, young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. There's no sense of comparison. There's no one generation speaking to another and saying, you don't know you're born, or I wouldn't want to swap with you. It's just this wisdom that's coming saying, just enjoy the days you've got. Enjoy it. Make the most of it. Make the most of your energy. Make the most of your enthusiasm. Make the most of the opportunities you have. And not everyone has the same opportunities, but make the most of the ones you've got. You haven't got someone else's, but you've got yours. And do everything you want to do. Take it all in. What a wonderful world we live in where we can send a team to go to Albania. They can leave the country and they can arrive here and share uh, their story of what God's been doing uh, today, having left today. Isn't that awesome? Uh, That wouldn't have been very easy decades ago. It would have been impossible many years ago uh, before flying was so easy and so simple to, to have those kind of opportunities. We can connect with people around the world so quickly and so easily. Families here enjoying conversations over social media, video, and, and you can talk to family members around the world and converge almost like you're together. It's incredible the opportunities that are around today. Take it all in. The opportunities for young people to design new things, to build new things, to create new ways of being, to... Oh, it's so exciting, the potential that's around. One of the tendencies this is, fa- this is fighting against is the tendency of the young to say, oh, well, I'll do it when. I'll, I'll get round to it when. I'll enjoy myself when. And actually, this is not just for the young. We can all do this. I'll, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but some people are looking forward to retirement before they get there. And sometimes you can be waiting a long time to get there and discover it's not all you thought it was going to be. It's important that we enjoy what we've got now. Because if we start putting off enjoyment for future days, we may be very sorely disappointed when we arrive and discover that the promotion that we'd wanted wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be. The new job we wanted wasn't quite what we thought. The new house we wanted, the new relationship we wanted wasn't quite what we thought. And I'm tired of hearing so many people say, well, when I've, not here obviously, but you hear in conversation, when, when I've got this, it'll be okay. And you think, no, it won't. But it's very difficult to burst the bubble, isn't it? That someone's living in and say, do you know what? I don't think it will. Because I think you'll still be you, and I think you'll still go there, and I think you've got to enjoy today. And as Christians, to, to live for Christ in every day, not hoping just that tomorrow will be better and it will be okay. I'm sure it will be. But actually today, God is fresh and God's vibrant, and he's alive and his mercies are new for us in this day. Rejoice today. Don't chase happiness. If you remember one thing about happiness, remember this please, don't chase happiness. Happiness makes a rubbish goal. It's quite a good traveling companion that you can choose to be happy along the way, but it's a rubbish goal. Don't try and aim for happiness because it's ethereal. It's 
It's meaningless. It disappears. But we choose to rejoice today. What have you discovered today? We went on holiday. We walked for miles each day. We traveled on a plane, trains, tram, taxi, bus, boat, all sorts of things during the little time we were away. Discovered new culture, discovered art, history. We went to different places, discovered new food, read several books, learned new words in a language, did all sorts of stuff uh, because we enjoy discovering things. We enjoy going somewhere and trying to go, right, what can we learn? What can we experience and enjoy? And some people love sitting by the pool, and that's great if you love that. I love going somewhere and kind of going, right, there's so much to do, so much to learn. It's exciting and genuinely excited by what we saw and what we got to grips with and what we got to learn, and it was fun. And I've come back with a sense of a, a richer life because we've discovered more. You know, discovering things is, is revitalizing. What have you discovered today? Life doesn't need to be the same as it was yesterday. God's doing something new today. And my encouragement to each one of us is, in this day, can we discover something new? Not, not invent something new, but discover something that God's already made. Because I believe that's a key to happiness. It's a key to enjoying life now. Fourthly, are you living like life is a gift? Are you living like it's a gift to the young, the writer says this, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. This is directly in connection with the last bit, which was do everything you want, take it all in. He then says, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry, keep your body healthy, but remember that uh, youth with a whole life before you is meaningless. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old. To live as if life is a gift or to live as if we must give an account. Uh, that could sound really negative, couldn't it? Like, oh, I've got to be really careful what I do every day because God's watching and I've got to count for this day. And there's a sense of that. But actually, I want to encourage you to see this in a really positive light because God rejoices in our joy. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 7, this book that we've said is, is sometimes quite difficult. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 7 says this, uh, so go ahead, eat your food with joy and drink your wine with a happy heart for God approves of this. Eat, drink, God approves of you enjoying the simple provision of life. Uh, a Jewish teacher by the name of Rab in the third century AD said this, man will have to give account for all that he saw and did not enjoy. It's interesting. That's not from the scripture. It's just an interesting thought that turns this whole sense of giving account on its head. Man will have to give an account for all that he saw and did not enjoy. Interesting, isn't it? My encouragement today is to see that true enjoyment comes inside the love of God, comes inside the presence of God, comes inside honoring God. And it's often portrayed as if true enjoyment is found outside of God, as if you live like God isn't looking. That's the only way to truly enjoy yourself is to to hope that God isn't seeing what you're doing and just pretend he can't see. Actually, that's the opposite of true enjoyment and true happiness. True happiness is found when we live in the light of God's goodness, when we light, live in the light of God's all-knowing nature, that he sees everything we're doing. True happiness is found when we recognize that light is sweet, not darkness, that light is sweet, 
that we live under God's light, where he sees everything we're doing and we live with a short account with him. Where actually, if God, if God was physically with us, present, in a tangible way, we would live no differently to how we were living without him there, tangibly, physically in front of us. If you've been living in darkness, it's time to stop. To stop pretending you can. But for each of us to live as those God sees and loves. Secondly, we see that we should refuse to worry. Refuse to worry. It's a choice. There are some days when we win and some days where we don't. Some days we, we get consumed by worry and some days where we don't and we're confident all the way through the day and no worries at all. If you find yourself struggling and some days you find yourself worrying, well, just remember it's the, the, the sun is going to rise again. There's another new day coming. There's another opportunity to trust God, to put those worries aside, to give them to God and say, Lord, I'm trusting you today. I'm trusting you tomorrow. Refuse to worry. A guy called Peter McKenna writing on this, this book of Ecclesiastes said this, that the, the message of Ecclesiastes is this, that the that you should not put your hope in this present world and you'll be free to enjoy it more than anyone else. Do not put your hope in this present world and you'll be free to enjoy it more than anyone else. He went on to say that Christians should live as those who aren't surprised by the shortness of their lives and the troubles of the day. So we live in this contrast where actually life can be sometimes quite hard, but we're not taken by surprise in it as Christians. We're not those going, why is my life so hard? Why is it so difficult? We know why because the Word of God tells us why we go through troubles. It doesn't make them any easier, but it does mean that we're not thrown off course each time. We're not thrown to, to, into a very difficult place each time because we know actually that, that life comes with tough times, and yet we can choose to refuse to worry and to trust Him. Let me just draw this down with a, to a close with a couple of pointers on here as well. One of the keys to happiness, refusing to worry and keeping your body healthy. I'm not going to say much more than is, is up there, but eat well, exercise, rest, sleep. Our bodies are given to us by God and we should treat them well. We should look after ourselves. Not get to the stage of preening, because that's worshipping our bodies. That's not appropriate. Um, but to thank God for them and to be healthy. Finally this, remember that youth with the whole life before you is meaningless. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor God with every day that you have. I believe that's a key to enjoying life and to living a happy life. How do we do that? Well, we do things like we are today, where we are together as church where we share stories together. We listen to what God's saying. We stay for a coffee or tea or a soft drink if we can, and we, we pray together and we talk together and we are with each other. Being with people in the presence of God is really, really important, I believe. Last week, in a few hours' time, Judith, Nat, and I were in a park in Lisbon for a little church plant. We'd gone to visit an Adesola who left the congregation here to go and live in Lisbon some months ago. Uh, we met up with her, had lunch, and she took us to the little church she's part of. And we had a great time sitting in a park, no more than 15, 16 of us, uh, singing and listening to God's word and praying together and felt incredibly connected to that group of people who, although they were in a different part of the world, uh, were honoring their creator, were honoring God in that place and trusting him that God would build his church in their community. Honor God 
by stopping, by being with God and being with people. Um, this passage goes on, and I won't read all of it. Some of the kids are coming back in. Uh, it goes on with some quite graphic pictures of what life's like to get old. I won't read it to them because it might scare them. Um, <laughs> but if you want to laugh and you want to face up to the reality of what getting old's like, um, read on from that passage. And each verse, it says, remember him. Remember him. Remember him. My favorite bit, I will read a snippet. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom. (laughs) Wait, Wait for the next bit. And you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper. (laughs) I I won't read after that. And you'll see why when you get to your own version. (laughs) Chapter 12, verse 5 onwards, if you want to have a look when you get home. It's It's got an adult advisory rating on. If you're feeling today that you're dragging along like a dying grasshopper. (laughs) My encouragement is rejoice in him. Don't wait for a better day. Don't wait for a day when you're feeling better, when you're feeling brighter, when all everything has turned out just the way you hoped for. There will be days that come like that, but there will be others that don't. And we can't be thrown by the vagaries of this life. We can't be thrown by the things that are like vapor. That, that we can't be grasping after them. We can't be grasping after happiness as if it's our goal. It must never be. But our calling is to rejoice, to rejoice in our creator, to rejoice in the one who gives us life. So four simple questions. Did you notice the dawn? Did you already rejoice today? What have you discovered today? And are you living like today is a gift? I believe those are some of the keys to living an enjoyable happy life in God. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you delight in us. And uh, Lord, we all face ups and downs. In a congregation like this, uh, there will be one or other person going through the highest of heights and the deepest of lows right now. And we don't treat those flippantly, nor do we pretend that everything's okay for everyone. We know that actually life can be really hard. There can be some very dark days. And yet our confidence is this, that you are Lord of all. That not because of us or because we will it, the sun will rise tomorrow. Not because of our brilliance or because of our efforts or because of anything we say or do, the sun will come up And we will see you being still Lord in another day. And we thank you, Lord, that your provision is enough for today. That, Lord, we can choose to rejoice today. That we can choose to discover some new things today. And we can live like today is a gift from you. Not something we've fashioned ourselves. Not something we've created. 